comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Episode 388. No, wait. 388. Uh, it's the same thing. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Move your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. Wasted episode 388 at this point. I think so. We are sitting in Bill's kitchen. This is the uh, back porch edition uh, in the uh, in the breakfast nook. Inside edition of the patio show. Right. This is the inside edition of the patio edition of, I lo- of I the Half Hour Wasted show. I'm sorry. Brad handed me his tab. Bill, you have a really nice tab. Brad just handed me his tab. Uh-huh. I really like this. This is uh, Brad's uh, first tab. I'll send you the link. We're all very happy at about Fry's it. for the... Um, oh, did you fries it? Okay. I got it at Fry's with a promo code. Save 20 bucks. So I've always gotten mine through either Groupon or Amazon. Well, that I looked at that on Amazon and it was... Yeah. It was more on Amazon. Isn't it interesting? I, I found recently that... that like, I'll go to Amazon thinking, man, I'm going to get this for half price, and it's actually as much or more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder if Amazon, you know, is it kind of that Walmart effect where they finally run the other, you know, the mom-pop shops out of town so they can start raising the prices? That would make sense. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if that's it or if it's just a natural thing or I, I don't know how to explain it. All I know is I'm, uh, thanks to the, uh, thanks to our abilities to uh, move back in time. Brandon... Cumberbatch on your No, that's not Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch well, no, on your cup. This is the this is the Frank uh, this is the Frank Bruner. Uh, we are doing Dr. some Strange. some time travel. Yes, uh, we are. We have gone back in time a couple hours to record an episode that before the one we just recorded. Yes, that's why I eat my hamburger sandwich. Mm, hamburger thank, sandwich. thank you, Frank. You bet. We just got back from Free Comic Book Day at Madness, and you will hear that next week. But first, we're going to talk about Age of Ultron. Uh, how many times have you guys seen it? Just once a piece? Once? I've seen once, it twice. twice. So four times. I saw it Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. At uh, 8 o'clock with both of my children. Both nice. daughters went. And then I saw it again at noon the next day. Different theaters. Both in 2D. I didn't do 3D. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, one screen was bigger than the other. Uh, enjoyed it very much. Um... I was afraid, from what I'd heard, that uh, I was going to be confused by the plot because it was very involved and it moved really fast. And that's how I felt after Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And it took me a second viewing to be able to understand what was going on, but I had no such problem with this after the first time. I, yeah, I wouldn't say the plot was confusing, but it was dense. There were a, a lot of things, aside from the farmhouse in the middle of the movie, 
this movie like moved plot point to plot point to plot point and just pretty pretty fast. Yeah, we, uh, it's not a complaint, but it's just like any outside person maybe coming to this movie, I could see them being like, mm, I don't know. we got to the uh, we got to the farmhouse scene, and I'd already gone through my popcorn. And so I looked at uh, my boy John. I said, "I'll be right back." My guess is this is going to go on for at least five or six minutes. <laughs> so I'll be back left in time. The movie to go get more popcorn. I, yeah, I left the movie, and so apparently the only thing I missed was there was a cutaway um, where the uh, the the doctor, the 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 hot Asian doctor, mm-hmm. got touched by Loki's scepter, and so she began making uh, Ultron's fresh body. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then I came back and. Uh, uh, Banner and uh, Natasha were uh, were making love eyes at each other, making plans. Yeah, making Man. plans, making big plans. Yeah, that's a that's another thing to talk about. Um, last night I recorded with Johnny M and Russell for the It's All Connected podcast, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> which, by the way, is moving from the HHWLOD network to uh, the MCU Exchange mm-hmm. and uh, I can fill you guys in on the details about that later it's not going to change anything for anybody already subscribed to the podcast um, if you're not subscribed to it uh, via iTunes or what a podcast or whatever you can go to this other website uh, the MCU Exchange and you'll be able to get new episodes there they are a Marvel Cinematic Universe centric website and they have many, many people doing many, many things. And uh, John and Russ have been t- and Kim have been talking to these guys. It's not a bad thing at all for our network. Um, it actually takes some of the work off of Russell and John and Ken, who are more involved with it than I am because of my work schedule. Uh, they are able to um, do less, have to do less and. And, uh, hey, that's my... Wow. What's going on? I'm getting uh, Facebook messages. <laughs> it's my tab and my phone both sending to me at the same time. Wow. Right. Anyway, um, it's, not a, it's not a problem. But the, point, the reason I brought it up is because I've already talked about this once with them. So I've got a lot in my head you know, to, to bring up. But I, I also don't want to monopolize the conversation either. So... Um, just overall impressions. What, are y'all you pleased? You happy? You got problems with things? Or uh, I thought it it was a lot of fun. I, I liked it more than the first one, mostly just because uh, the fact that we didn't have to do a lot of world building. Yeah, and we just kind of got into the story and moved forward. Uh, I like this movie a lot. Uh, Galaxy yeah. Galaxy is still my favorite Marvel movie, but this one I would put maybe top five. Four or five. I uh, I really appreciate it. I I was afraid, especially based off the first couple of uh, trailers we saw, uh, that this movie was going to be very, very kind of dark and gloomy and not a lot of joy in it. You know, kind of like a Brian Singer movie. But uh, uh, it turned out that they were they were able to uh, put in a lot. Of light moments, and, and a lot of them were just—it was the actors just being very good at, at their lines and giving them a little twist, which kind of made you smile quietly to yourself. And uh, so, a lot of that little levity was just kind of came out uh, at the ends of beats. That so they weren't punchlines per se, but they served to—they served to keep the mood from being depressing. And it—and it was a far less depressing movie than I was afraid it was going to be. 
Uh, Ultron kind of, I thought, stole the movie, especially with his just his one-liners, his unintentional one-liners, and just uh, uh, like his, I don't know, he just seemed so human and just kind of goofy at times. I was amazed at the script that they gave to James Spader, but the script that Ultron got, literally the words that came out of, if you could hear the words coming out of his mouth, that I was just amazed. I thought it was just almost perfect the way they brought Ultron from cradle to grave, if you will. Um, I just, I could not have been more impressed because again, in the trailers, uh, you're so used to Okay, now I know everything that's going to happen in this stinking movie, and I don't really need to see it. Kind of like the trailer for Jurassic World. It's like, do I really need to see the movie now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but with this one, I don't know if they were doing this on purpose. I don't know if they're red herrings or what. But but you get this feeling that uh, uh, okay, well they've shown me way too much of the movie, or they've given away way too much of the tone of the movie, and Ultron seems very foreboding and just pure evil, and, and yes. But they do a pretty amazing job of giving him a reason to be like he is. And you see that he's not just simply, you know, you know, he hasn't turned off the good and, and gone total full evil. I mean, he's got a purpose. Right. And you understand why he has that purpose. And you're kind of a jerk if you hold that against him. Now, we may not like his conclusions, but the way he arrives at his decisions is extremely logical and extremely easy to follow. Yeah. And and I thought to myself on a number of occasions, it's like, you know, well, this is a horrible idea, making this in the first place. Now, I've been on record. This is a minor tangent, but I've been on record, at least in my own brain, for a long time now that, that there are two things I don't want to happen to Earth and humanity. Uh, one is uh, art- in real life. Or in, the in real life, okay. One is artificial intelligence because I would like to think that we could coexist peacefully with them, like uh, like in Asimov's universe, mm-hmm. where they all obey the three fundamental laws of robotics, right. where they will not harm or through inaction cause harm to a human. Uh, they will obey a human's commands except where that conflicts with law one, and they will. Uh, uh, their their own robot life will be sacred to them unless it conflicts with laws one or two. So you know, that, there were four laws. I don't know. There's not. A, there's a fourth law that's not as well known. Okay. It's throw wicked parties. Nice, nice. Okay. Requested. <laughs> if you've never been to a robot party, yeah. you are missing out. I don't throw remember. wicked parties when requested uh, by your master. <laughs> I don't remember Daniel Oliva throwing wicked parties, but uh, I can go back and research that. I uh, loved. Uh, Ultron. I thought. I mean, yeah. I'm a huge James Spader fan. Yes. I love Boston Legal. Yes. I have not seen The Blacklist. I've, okay. I have. Okay. I have another. I, I have all of season one uh, available for me to watch. Oh. I just haven't watched okay. it yet because I'm in the middle of stuff. I, by the way, I started. I wanted to talk about this. I started watching Doctor Who, uh, you know, a month ago when I when I got sick. Um, then we need not to that s- long ago. We need to save. We need to save uh, Netflix talk, yeah. uh, maybe for the next episode down the road, because I got to get Danger Five off my chest. You got to get Doctor Who off okay. your chest. There's other things, too. Danger Five. Yes. We should talk. I'm not going into it. Right <laughs> here. I'll watch the Danger Five 
I watched two Danger Five. You gotta watch. And I felt I have seen all of Danger Five. You you gotta watch. You've gotta watch all six. I'll watch some more of them now. I'll watch some Danger Five, and then the three of us together can talk about it and Doctor Who. Nice. Uh, I will watch more Danger Five then, but I'm giving it two more. And if Danger Five does not, so James Spader, it he obviously did motion capture. Yeah. For for this, because I could see in Ultron's face. James Spader's movements that I'm familiar with, yeah. the way he the way he nods and, and moves his head, and, right. and angles his head when he's thinking, and and um, the way his eyes move when he's listening to people. I mean, I literally could see him doing that. It was just one of the most amazing things I've well, ever seen. And, and it was the same thing with uh, with Ruffalo's Hulk. I I, yeah. I thought it was amazing how uh, I mean it's they're getting so dang close. We've been saying that for years now, but it's true. Um, I mean, the Hulk, the Hulk looked amazing. He still looks like CGI. You know, I, I never once thought to myself, wow, there's really a green dude that big. I mean, <laughs> I always thought that's CGI. But the way that they've, they've gotten his face to emote. And there are, there are points in that movie where you see the plot advanced just by facial expressions of the Hulk. The way his eyes, you know, soften. Uh, I mean, just, they're... There were some amazing things uh, about that movie, and uh, I'm I'm so happy to report that this movie is not a disappointment. And which, oh, I yeah. was I was absolutely afraid. I, I was terrified that there was no way for this movie to fulfill the promise yeah. of the last movie. Yeah, it's, it's going to be like yeah, the it's last the same movie is in the first Avengers, or right. the last movie yes. is in the last movie is in the first Avengers. I was so badly wanted to hear this music. <laughs> oh, in the end when. When he's flying away on the plane. Oh! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It would have been, it would have been wonderful. Just a couple. I of heard minutes, it in uh, my head. I heard it in yeah. my head. I was like, oh my god! Dang, that would have been so perfect. Yeah. I was too busy uh, expecting him to kind of pull the joystick up and like head up out of the atmosphere. I wondered all the if way he was going to do that. I kind of thought that too. I wondered if he was going to do yeah. that. Yeah. I, I thought because we'd heard some rumors like months ago, you know, that obviously had nothing to do with anything. That that a the end of this movie or the post credits scene was going to set up Planet Hulk. Yeah. So basically, they were going to trick him into outer space at the end of this movie, and that didn't happen. Sorry, spoiler. By the way, did you know that this is a spoiler-rich podcast? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's get that out of the way. There I, uh, was so much to like about this movie. You know, I, I think mean, my, my favorite uh, favorite line, they, and Ultron had lots of great lines, but I think my favorite one was, well, let me stop and tell you my evil plan. (laughs) Well, yeah, let me take a moment to explain beat by beat my evil plan and then he just goes right into it. And you're right, there's so many amazing uh, moments in this movie where you just, so many kind of eureka moments. Uh, I think the, uh, the first was realizing that it was the way Ultron came to life. Yeah, the way he was born out of out of uh, out of Jarvis, and and just again, it all made sense. But you're sitting there thinking to yourself, going to the movie, how in the world are they going to be able to show this or or speak through the beginning of his existence? And the way they the graphic interface between Ultron and Jarvis and that little thing, and the way Banner and Stark are talking about the Ultron consciousness. It explained everything perfectly. Yeah, it was, and I was just I was blown out of the water by that. that that's 
that's one of the scenes. That's one of the scenes I thought could use just a little bit more expanding because it seemed to happen so fast. I, I and I was glad because it didn't seem like they they didn't linger to the detriment of the viewer at any point in the movie uh, except for possibly the farmhouse. But I'll give you that. Uh, by the way. If y'all are going to see the Avengers, everybody, Age of Ultron, and you have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the movie. I mean, if you have to, like, uh, you need that little Merbetric, that little that little red Pac-Man looking dude who, like, keeps dragging you away from the bowling alley to go potty. You know what I'm talking about? What's he talking about? No? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, somebody out there knows what I'm talking about. I hate pharmaceutical commercials. It's this little red dude who's oh, got these sad eyes. Is that it? Oh. Yeah, and he keeps dragging the blonde lady away to go potty in the middle of okay. things she's enjoying doing. So if that guy is sitting next to you in the theater and he starts tugging at your hand real hard, you know, about halfway through it, when the farmhouse scene shows up, that's when you can go potty. There's some you'll great stuff a little that happens there. You'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, know what? what? It's it's stuff. There's some I, stuff in that that happens in that scene that I believe you know sets up yeah. Civil War. Now, so I didn't. Yeah. Uh, uh, I didn't have to go potty during that. I made it all the way through the movie that I'd go potty. I'm very proud of myself. Um, but I did have to get some carbon, uh, some kettle corn. So I looked at my buddy John and I said, dude, I'll be right back. And I went and got some kettle corn that I came back and I ate half of that. And I was sick the rest of the day. Um, so good for me. Before I forget, and I when we recorded It's All Connected last night, I, I, um, I asked Russ and John if they noticed this and they didn't. The Iron Legion at the beginning, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, when, when Tony says, well, it's calling the Iron Legion. And those six Iron Man looking robot drones came and they said... Please back away, you know. We're here to help. Yeah. yeah. Do you know whose voice that was? No. It was James Spader's voice. Oh, I didn't really? Know. Yeah. Okay. It was a toned down, it wasn't the James Spader that we know and love. Right. It wasn't the Ultron voice, but it was like James Spader was doing a voice for a commercial or a yeah. video of an animated character or something. It was, it was prim and proper, and it was, please back away. You know, it wasn't the emotional... Right, lingering voice of James Spader. Anyway, but it was him. So that's that's when, cool. When they first announced James Spader was going to be Ultron, I was like, okay, that's interesting. But how are they going to explain the peculiarity of his voice? You know, he's not very robotic, but when he was not self-aware, he was very robotic. And when you go back and you see it again, listen to the Iron Legion. It's him. Okay. You can tell. But once he gains sentience and feeling and thought, that's when his that's when the James Spaderness comes out. And okay, starts. quick now. As you guys were growing up, we've all read Avengers comics with Ultron in them uh, a number of times in our in our lives up to this point. What kind of voice did you assign to Ultron in your mind? Uh, robot. Menacing robot. I'm a robot. I for me it was always, and I don't usually do this. I, I do I do try to kind of consciously craft this when I'm reading a book or a comic or whatever, but. To me, Ultron was always that very raspy, metallic, you know, very kind of booming, stentorian. I'll see if you know. I can. I'll see if I can find on YouTube an example of what I thought he sounded like. Okay, I have a pe- peculiar, uh, a particular. But I, I never, in a million years, growing up as a kid, thought he's going to sound just like James Spader. <laughs> and so it, it when uh, the first. When the first trailer came out where there's no strings on me, that, it didn't take me out of it, but that was very weird to me, and I had to do a lot of processing to become totally cool with it. But the way they set it up in the movie, 
his voice to me made perfect sense. I have no issues with it in any way. Me and uh, it just that Joss. I don't know how Joss did it this well, and I really, I really only have one nitpick with this movie, and it's it's a nitpick. And uh, um, that's at the beginning of the movie, the very first scene of the movie. I I never rolled my eyes or anything. But I thought to myself, this is really, it's kind of interesting what he's doing, but with an almost unlimited budget, like a movie like this has got to have, do you think they would cut corners at any point of this production? I mean, you're never wanting to just, just burn money down, but you would think with a movie like this, it's like, you know, it's like Furious 7 or, or, or whatever, you know this movie's going to make a billion dollars. You know it. It's, a, it's, it's fact. So why would you say, now, nah, man, we, we, we need to skip here. Or we need to we need to not, you know, you give me 90% of your best instead of 100% of your best here, you know. Uh, so that first scene, it was really interesting the way it was constructed. The, the whole scene through the snow. Yeah. But it seemed real obvious to me that basically a camera goes, a camera or, or two or three go through an empty forest Every living character, every moving character in that scene was put in their CGI. I don't think that any of those characters were actually there on set there at that time. I didn't notice. Because it seemed to me the CGI in that opening scene seemed to be slightly subpar. I didn't notice. Um, it smacked me in the face. I mean, it, it, it. for a moment or two, I was like, whoa, I was expecting more. Um uh, it just seems like a lot of the characters are very CGI, including Black Widow, including, you know, uh, Hawkeye. It was almost, it reminded me of uh, uh, Matrix uh, Reloaded, the second movie. Uh, you know, that first famous fight with Neo and all the Smiths, where the entire thing is CGI. You know, you're thinking, that's Keanu Reeves and uh, uh, the, you know, Mr. Smith uh, out there on set getting filmed. no. They were completely CGI the whole way through. Right. There, there was never people on that set. That wasn't even a set. That was a computer generation from beginning to end. And that's the way this felt like that scene. Only it's like you could tell that, no, they did go to that location. And they did run cameras through those locations. You know, tracking shots and the POVs and this and that. But my guess, and I, I haven't had a chance to take a look at this, uh, is that, yeah, it felt like every character was put in through CGI, uh, and it just it felt weird. The um, the only CGI that stood out to me was when Hulk was carrying Black Widow and he jumped on the helicarrier. Yeah, okay. And he jumped on there and he was holding her, and it's a CG uh, Black Widow until he puts her down, and you can almost see the transition from fake CG Black Widow to the real Black Widow. Yeah, that's about the only only bad effect where I was just like so yeah this is what I thought Ultron would sound like I don't know maybe oh wait I did it so why did you fill Carl's pool with blood well this is going to take a long time so you may want to get some snacks that's the way I thought Ultron always sounded like in my head I did like the way the uh, uh, the Iron Legion 
uh, when they flew back to Avengers Tower, how they uh, everyone went into the one entrance yeah. and they went into the A hole of the Avengers. Oh, <laughs> they did. They went. They that's exactly went where they went. They went into the A hole. They did. Wow. <laughs> that's literally where I they went. I never even thought of that. <laughs> the thought occurred to me too. I went to the A hole of the Avengers Tower. Yeah. Wow. You know, and we don't have to bleep it because that no. is literally yeah. what happened. Everybody got their due in this movie. Especially yeah. Hawkeye, because, you know, in the first yeah. movie, he was under mind control. Yes. You know, for a long time. So, he really got to shine in this movie. And he was funny. You know, Jeremy Renner's funny, too. But um, everybody got their moment, you know. Uh, Thor got his moment. Cap got his moment. You know, the Widow, Banner. I mean, everybody... There was so much action in this movie, and yet they found a way to give everybody a moment. Or two, even. I mean, it, it makes me very sad uh, that this is apparently uh, uh, this is Whedon's last hurrah as yeah. a, at the helm of one of these movies. Now, the good news is that uh, the the Russo boys apparently are going to become the new Whedon. They're going to do Infinity War movies. Yeah. Uh, who's to, do we know who's doing Winter? Or I'm sorry, Civil War. Uh, uh, no, I don't know. It, I would. Okay, never mind. I, I mean, I would, the Russo, been, I would expect Shane Black. Well, Shane Black did Iron Man 3. Why would he yeah. do... Oh, that's right. We're talking Cap 3. Yeah. Let me see if um, I can find that information. I thought it was the Russo boys, too. but Well, the Russo brothers, yeah. they're. Uh, um, that just seems like a lot of work to be doing two big blockbusters like that, almost back-to-back. Well, they've got time because, you know, if they're cool, then it's like, you know, if you were a movie director and someone said, hey, how'd you like to spend the next 10 years of your life like doing four insane movies for Marvel, which are going to cement your place as like fanboy favorites you know, of all time, and you'll have this amazing legacy on Blu-ray? You know? Supposedly, uh, it's the Russos. Wow, that just yeah. seems so, like a lot of work. Well, and also, that just you seems know, like a lot of work. That's cool. Yeah. Much like Duo Damsel, if you can split yourself in two... You can get the work done easier. <laughs> because because all that is not being put on one set of shoulders. It's literally being spread out over two, two, two sets of shoulders. So maybe it is more doable uh, for a duo to so handle this than a solo. The the Russos and... and it's I was going to say the Russos and Captain America, Chris Evans, are going to be busy for a long time. Mm-hmm. But so is Robert Downey Jr., so is apparently now Jer- Jeremy Renner is going to be. It's it's got it's well, but like it's going to be Avengers instead of Civil War, Captain America solo. It's going to be like Avengers two and a half. You know what I mean? I'm interested. Do you think that that Robert Downey Jr. is going to be busy because he's going to be very, in Civil War? Yeah, he's but, in the Civil War movie, and he's going to be an Infinity Gauntlet. I'm guessing. Yeah, of course. Okay. And then at that point, because. Um, I mean, should we talk about the? Uh, you mentioned a couple of gotcha moments in, in one of the email threads, uh, and I'm wondering what your gotcha moments were. The the one for me was the very end, the the reveal of the the lineup. Oh yeah, it was it was like, uh, uh, and I wanted to talk to uh, uh, my boy John about it afterwards, but it would have been total nerdery to him. As I told him, you know, an issue, an episode, you know, an issue sixteen of the Avengers, uh, you know, the you know Iron Man and Thor left, and, and Captain America, uh, it became Cap's kooky quartet in the comics, where they added Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye, and so it was just oh. it was just those four. It was Captain America, Hawkeye, 
you know, Scarlet Witch and, and Quicksilver, and those are the only four members of the Avengers. And even in the comics, even in those, those even in that comic, uh, Captain America wondered basically out loud, "Does this team have enough firepower? Mm. Can we take on, you know, big threats? Because we don't have Hulk, we don't have Iron Man, we don't have Thor, you know, we don't even have Ant Man and, and and the Wasp, you know, we don't have Ant Man, Giant Man, you know. So, uh, you know, they went from Yes, probably the most powerful team you could have assembled at that point without including members of the Fantastic Four in it. Uh, they went from the most powerful team you could possibly assemble to basically a collection of, I don't know, kind of circus freaks, you know, for lack of a better term. Do you, do you think that Quicksilver is gone? I think he's dead, yeah. But, we, you know, we thought Coulson was dead. Yeah. So, who knows? I And I said this last night, but, um, you know... I started thinking about the Flash and how his metabolism helps him heal. <laughs> That's yeah. what I was thinking too. Why wouldn't Quicksilver's do the same? Right. You know, they Hill even pointed out. I think didn't she say that his metabolism was increased or whatever? I maybe think I'm, so. Maybe I'm, I liked her line like he's fast and she's weird. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I was surprised that they killed Quicksilver, and I think they did a good job with him. You know, in, in the in the X Men movie. They really focused. They had one big scene to focus on right. Quicksilver's power, you know, and it was wonderful. It was it was the the reason you come back to watch that movie again. Yeah. yeah, and then, but in this one, you know, they showcased Quicksilver the way that we would see him. You know, they did a couple of slow motion things. Yeah. But I appreciated time, that most of the time because you really can't outdo that scene in Days of Future Past with the Quicksilver in the kitchen. You just can't. I mean, that was done so well. They did have a couple of slow-mo shots in this movie. My favorite being when he's running and he sees Thor's hammer going the other way and he goes, oh, and he grabs it. (laughs) That was pretty awesome. But, uh, yeah, I think it was a smart decision not to try to Mm one-up the the Quicksilver in the other movie. Yeah, so I, I did like the bullet scene where I was questioning, I think everyone was questioning it. Why is this bullet right yeah. That was pretty awesome. That um, I was surprised at, at how much I enjoyed the twins, mm-hmm. uh, except for their accents. They, yeah. they were a little off. Yeah. Um, well, but we... Did, uh, gosh, did they ever list the country they were from? I think they did, but it was, it was one of those fictional Latveria-type countries. I think it was... You know, it wasn't... Czechoslovakia or something. Well, I mean, wasn't it was from, it, was, were they from the... I think they were from the Sokovia place... Sokovia? Yeah, they were from that? Sokovia. Sokovia? Okay, yeah. A, a fictional Eastern European yeah. country. Yes. I, if I had one nitpick, it would be an if. It doesn't bother me a whole lot, but it did seem like the the Banner-Romanov relationship kind of came out of nothing, and it came really fast. It Like, especially... Okay, they got the lullaby thing, and right. for a minute I thought, and which was cool, and for a minute I thought, well, I wonder if if she's doing this because she's sweet on him or because she knows it's going to calm him down. Maybe both. Maybe it's just that we got to calm right. him down. Right. Because that's what she does, you know. And Cap even says, I've seen her flirt up close or whatever. So then they're at the party, and she's like bartending, and she starts talking about there's this guy, <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking... Is she talking about Banner or yeah. is she talking about somebody else? And even for a second, Banner seemed confused. Like, is she talking about me or somebody else? 
do I say run with it or fight it? I'm like, I was just as confused as I thought Banner was. Right. Because this just kind of came out of nowhere, I thought. But then, you know, more than one person said something like, hey, it's nice to see, you know, the two of them, you know, they deserve it or whatever. You know, Cap said that to Banner, and then Hawkeye's wife said it to Hawkeye, and he's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) So it, it seemed a little forced, but... I have to remember that there's been time that's passed between the two movies, and maybe there had been something... uh, Working on that lullaby, I think, would have brought them closer together, or at least brought her closer to him, and realized... That's a minor nitpick. nitpick. It it seemed like it might have been, like it just came out of nowhere, but it doesn't bother me. You know, because when you work closely with somebody, you get to know them. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people develop feelings, or, you know, whether it's a really close friendship or or more, but... um, that would be the only thing in this movie that that I might have said that didn't work 100% for me. I was... Vision... I liked the Vision, but I thought his introduction seemed very just kind of sudden. And he's there, and well, he's the Vision. And yeah. it's just like, he's a good guy. You know why it worked for me, though? Let's go! <laughs> you know why it worked for but, me? I thought the same thing. I thought... First off, the way he came about was awesome. Floor come, Thor come flying in there and, and zapping his cradle, you know, and bringing him to life. And then everybody's like, uh, uh, how can we trust you? You know, we don't even know you. And Thor's like, just back up a second. This has to happen because he saw it in his vision, you know, and then, which of course is where Vision gets his name. But um, the whole scene with them lifting, trying to lift the hammer yeah. to the party. <laughs> You know, which we'd seen before, but it was still wonderful to watch. Yeah. Nobody can do it. Steve Rogers gets close. He even moves it, and Thor knows it. He sees that this look of panic comes on his face, and if any, of course, if anybody could do it, it would be Captain America out of all those people. But, you know, that that scene, while we thought it was cool, we didn't know it was going to be a setup for something even more important yeah. later in the movie, which is the scene where they are like, how do we trust you? We don't even know you. You, know, you just happen to be here, and we're going to... You know, you were born of Ultron, and how are we going to ex- expect to to follow you? And then he's before it just cuts to him holding Thor's hammer out to him, like, "Take this. We got to go. We got we got stuff to do. We got to get we got to do this yeah, now." That may have been the single greatest. That was my that favorite. Movie. That was my favorite part of the movie, and everybody's just shocked because they had <laughs> sat there and tried to lift it. Everybody except for Black Widow, but still, they were all. Even Thor was like amazed, and he's like. Well, 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 that was like... I'm sold. If he can lift that, he's a good guy. Let's go. <laughs> that was like a perfect comedic routine where you come back at the end of your set and tell a punchline that directly relates to like the third joke you told. Yeah. You it was know, like a 45 minutes ago. Episode, you know? it, exactly. You right. set it up in the beginning. Boom. But it was also... The, just what a... What a... What a... What a... cool if we heard that. But just what a perfect moment of that movie, though, because because you're trying to figure out well, that's a really good question. How do you prove to these people that you can be trusted? I mean, I trust him already because I've read his, I've read the comics for yeah a million years, and I, I know that he's one of the the true good guys ever. Uh, but yeah, he comes out of frame, handing the hammer to Thor, and it's like problem solved. <laughs> we just did a call back to that previous joke. Yeah, it was everything wrapping just into this perfect little bow, and it was just. And just wow! And once you hear Cap say, "Okay, three minutes, guys," once yeah. you know that he's sold, yeah, then everybody else is going to be okay with it. Yeah. yeah. So that that was my favorite part of the movie. 
I had goosebumps. I get goosebumps just thinking about it because and Paul Bettany is wonderful. Yeah, I mean he was so good. Yeah, and uh, the way that I didn't have a problem with him the way he came about. I mean Thor obviously knew he needed to exist because he saw him in his dream. Right, and so he just now, look, now, let me just express it. it was the compression of time that how quickly it happened. That no, was only yeah, my, that's my only complaint. Just like boom, 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 good guy. Right, let's no, go. It happened, but well, but it, but it makes total sense. I mean. You know, Ultron wanted to put himself, you know, his own evilness into that body. And they end up, uh, you know, again, one of those little situations where, you know, we thought Jarvis is gone for good. Yeah. They they told us that flat out. Yeah. You know, he's, Jarvis has been killed, destroyed, whatever, he's gone. You know, but it turns out that Tony, you know, I guess after that scene, he went out and found bits of him out there in the internet. And he cobbled them back together. And then they shoved Jarvis into his body. You know, it makes perfect sense. You know, I, it didn't to me. It didn't feel like shortcutting. So I, I sympathize with your little nitpicks. To me, that didn't feel like a nitpick. But you know, that's, it did it's happen all good. fast. But what makes it work for me was the fact that he could pick up the hammer, and Thor was satisfied like that. And I don't remember it, in the comics him ever picking up the hammer. I think that was kind of a. I think that was kind of a Joss Whedon. This is a good way to move the plot along, kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. And, and maybe I'm wrong. But I don't know if he's if he has. I don't know if he has ever held. Yeah, I've read. Before. I've read a lot of Avengers comics, not all of them. Okay, Google. Oh, has the Vision ever held Thor's hammer? We're so, about to find out. Let's see what she says. Maybe nine characters who have been able to lift Thor's hammer. Let's oh. see if Vision is on the list. Okay. Oddly enough, this is on the BusinessInsider.com. Website, weird. Which is weird. Let's see. Let's take a guess. Or let's guess before you read. I know we know Captain America. Well, I thought I heard that Black Widow had lifted at once. Does that even sound possible? It doesn't to me. No, I can this see. Apparently this isn't an all-inclusive. I can see somebody like Daredevil lifting it. This mm-hmm. is not going to be inaccurate. Okay. Um, let's just get off Business Insider. Thanks, Business Insider. Can anyone tell me everyone who has lifted Thor's hammer? I did like the the scene at the end where they start talking Sounds about... Sounds like a subreddit. Where they start to talk about Captain America's like, so technically he's not human, he's an android, so does that really count for him? He's trying to justify yeah. the whole right. picking you up. You put the hammer in the elevator, elevator. it goes up. <laughs> the elevator's not worthy. <laughs> yeah, that was good. There's a list. Um, Odin, Thor, Captain America, Awesome Andy. What's that? Is that an awesome android? Is that the thing? With I the, have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, Thunderstrike, Better Ray Bill, somebody well, named Burry, B-U-R-I, Superman, well, Wonder Woman, Deadpool? Superman, Wonder Woman, Deadpool? What? Superman lifted it in the uh, Avengers JLA crossover. Okay, I, it's been a long time well, since I've read Superman that. Superman would be worthy. Yeah, Wonder Woman, would obviously. He? I'm not sure about Deadpool. Deadpool? Well, that sounds like a gimmick. Are we sure that wasn't Thor a dream that Hercules would be worthy of wielding it, though Hercules has never tried. Okay. Um, I don't see any reference to to uh, oh, Vision again, ever lifting it, but I it think, doesn't surprise me. Hulk I think lifted that was, it once, but only because he wasn't actually touching the hammer. Thor was holding the hammer. The okay. Hulk grabbed Thor's hand around okay. and proceeded to beat the crap out of Thor with his own hammer. See, he wasn't actually touching. It did. It did seem like this was uh, Joss Whedon kind of it making was. a making an executive call sure. and doing it for the right reasons and doing it well. But it makes sense to me. Oh, because yeah. he's on the side of life. He's pure. No, anybody you know. that doesn't give you, you know, 
there don't necessarily have to be changes made from a comic book into a movie format, but it's okay when there are. If it's not just change for the sake of change, you know, right. if there's a reason for it, which there was here, go for it. I can totally believe him being worthy. Though. And yeah, I mean, after Avengers, we thought Especially okay, because he's only a day old. Well, he wasn't even a day old right. at that point. He was brand new. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had time to decide whether he wants to be a bad guy or not. No, he, he, he wants a cape, though. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> yeah. But he was truly an innocent. Yeah. You know, and so it made sense. He has sense. a great line at the end when he's talking to Ultron. He goes, well, I was born yesterday. Yeah. So the, um, so help me out. The Mind Gem had the schematics for Ultron in it? No. The Mind Gem, when they, when they had looked at that thing, it, he, he mentioned that it looked like a brain. Like it. He goes, look, there's synapses firing and stuff. So it was like a brain. It functioned like a brain. So that's why Ultron was going to use it to bring vision to to consciousness or whatever. Okay. It wasn't... It wasn't... What, so did, where you, did, what well, did you say now? If Ultron was in the Mind Gem... Ultron wasn't in the Mind Gem. So where did... So where did Ultron ultimately come from? Well, Ultron... Ultron was a program that Tony Stark had been working on. Okay. Yeah, and Banner helped him go that last that last percentage down the road. You know, Banner helped him make it realistic. Um, it was basically... It was a combination of Jarvis, Tony Stark, uh, Bruce Banner. The Mind Gem hadn't even come into play at this point when Ultron... The Mind Gem had been in the Scepter. Right. The whole time. So... And, of course, they didn't even know the Mind Gem was in the Scepter until Ultron cracked it open. Yeah. But the the Ultron program was something that Tony had designed and was working on. Vision, well, Jarvis had been, he goes, you go to your party, have fun, and I'm going to run a few more variations on this. Yeah. And then, apparently, the next one he ran, you know, was the right one. And, uh... Now the um, so when Banner and uh, Iron Man were standing by Jarvis's Matrix and that other Matrix, that other Matrix was the Mind Gem. It was. No, the, yeah, the, the, was the blue the, Matrix was Ultron. The yellow Matrix was, of course, Jarvis. Or no, the golden Matrix. but I thought that the, no, blue, the blue thing matrix, came out of the. The gym. blue Matrix wasn't Ultron. The blue Matrix was what they had found in the gem, in the stone, in the scepter. They didn't know it was a gem yet. They had analyzed what was in the scepter. Okay. Ah, I'm getting shot at. Yes. Hey, point it at the cat. See if you can get the cats excited about it. Yeah, point it right in the cat's eyes. Um, that that blue thing that Banner described, it looks like a brain. See all the synapses. That was the reading of the of the scepter, the gem in the scepter. Right. The crystal in the scepter, which housed the gem inside it, which they didn't even know about. So they were reading, without knowing it, they were reading the soul gem that, you know, looked like a brain. It functioned like a brain. So that's why Ultron was going to use it when he discovered what it was. That's why he said, I'm going to put that on Watson's face. But you add that, you add that to AI technology yeah. and, and there you go. You know, you're, you're off the race at that point. Sage is shooting us laser guns right now. Al. Let me see your laser. Go. Luckily, they're low power. So, 
That's neat. Was there one shot? I I have this in my mind. Was there one shot, one moment of the movie Is that, that made you want to rise up out of your yeah. chair and go, "What's wrong with everybody? Cheer!" Well, we we had kind of a lame crowd. I was okay. really disappointed. Yesterday, Friday at twelve thirty, I wasn't expecting like a circus. You have to get to Hazel's house. Um, okay. Um, in conclusion. Um, <laughs> when do you have to be there? 12. I was supposed to be 20. 12.20. Oh, it's 12.20 now. Yeah. Okay. And you have to leave here in like 10 minutes, I need right? to leave here soon. We've okay. been talking for 43 minutes. Okay. All right. Well, so the one moment... Hang on just a second. So the one moment that to me made me... I, I almost stood up and went, yeah! And there were a number of times in the movie where I went, yeah! And then I'd look around and nobody else was doing it. It's like, am I the only one here that's, that's, that's excited by this dang thing? Um, dude, the perfect comic book moment, maybe in the history of comic book movies, Iron Man, Vision, and Thor all going, yes. at Ultron, and his face is starting to melt, and you're just going, yes, 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 yes. I'm doing it now, I'm just seeing it. I just, I want to stand up my seat and go, yeah, that was very and I was looking around going, come on, how about a little cooperation, people? That was cool, and the, the, oh, scene, was, the scene we saw in the trailer, the shot we saw in the trailer, yeah. and out in the snow, and all six of them were being yeah. fun, that when they were lined up like that, that looked like a splash page just right off the screen. Absolutely. We could talk about this a lot more, obviously, maybe we will next time, but let's go ahead and wrap up. So you okay, can, okay, you reverse flashes. Good. Uh, I give it five reverse flashes. I just loved it. Really? Yeah, I thought it was great. I'm, I don't think I've ever given anything five. I'll give this one four and a half, though. I mean, this is this is basically as good as it gets. I'll give it four seven five. Okay, <laughs> fair four, enough. Seven, five. But I'll, really, I'll I mean, give it. I'll give it four reverse flashes. Okay. I, mean, I really liked it. I mean, this is really about as close as it gets to that perfect movie. People, I, I can't say I like it more than the first one because. They seem like different movies to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. They're very different styles. I love the first one and I love this one. I don't remember what I gave the first one. It, it may have been four, four and a half, because I realized its greatness the second I saw it. Yesterday morning. I, I was you down, did not. I was down on the first one. Yeah, you Yesterday were down morning on it. When, you, I, when I woke up, the first thing I did was I, I posted a non-spoiler review. Okay. I said, tons of great stuff in it. Action, humor, feels, action, humor, feels, goosebumps, LOLs, holy crap, action, humor, Fist pump, action, humor, cheering. Nice. <laughs> that was my rating. It's good That's to pretty, see you guys again. It's a pretty darn good place to leave. Are you uh, stay so here or you go with your dad? Huh? We're going to run Zoe over to right. uh, the the other um, the other people's I house. I might have to get Rondo. You've been listening yeah. to a half hour Bye. wasted. Proud member of the HHWLOB uh, Podcast Daddy, Network. Send your questions and comments to halfhourwasted at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at halfhourwasted. Leave us, leave us, or any of the HHW LOD shows a voicemail at 972-798-3830. Until next week, I'm Frank. I'm Thor. I'm the Vision. I am. And I am um, Pepper Potts. We'll see you next time on that part. Yay!